Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome to another exciting edition of Grapple Talk. I'm Jesse Von Ruden, of course, joined as always by Nick Ragnar. Nick, uh, you know, I kind of caught you in the middle of meal prep today. How's that going? Uh, it's going all right. Today we're uh, we're celebrating Thanksgiving early. We're going to have turkey and tater tots. Well, actually, I lied. Not really tater tots, just regular-ass potatoes. But <laughs> it sounds cooler when you say potato tots. Well, yeah, I guess because tater everyone likes tater tots, you know? It's like, hey, man, you got some yeah. tots? Nah, man, I'm just making some regular old-ass potatoes, mashed potatoes to be more specific. But it should be good. Turkey and gravy, taters, and maybe a little bit of... Uh, Nice, uh, some corn, some canned corn. It's always ah, kind of nice. Nice, nice. So why, yeah. why exactly Thanksgiving early, man? Well, because you can buy, uh, like this sliced turkey for really, uh, cheap prices over at the festivals. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just have potatoes laying around, so it's kind of actually a, a um, you know, wallet saving meal more or less so that's kind of why we're doing it we're trying to trying to save some bucks and also eat like high rollers so oh, gotcha. yeah, so so basically you're saying that we need sponsors for the grapple talk network for the simple yeah. fact that you need to pay for a wedding i need to i need to pay for a wedding mm-hmm. i need to eat right? yes this is all i've got this is all i've got planned for this week i don't know what's gonna happen over the next couple of days i think i have some frozen hamburger in the freezer that's been in there for like two years so oh, I mean, that's prime hamburger. Do that. Yeah, you're yeah. good. You're set, man. That's a lot yeah. of freezer burn. I mean, they they always say, right? It's like a uh, frozen hamburger that's in the fridge that long. Kind of ages like wine, right? Like it, it makes it a little bit more tasty. Yeah, or something, definitely. Or tough, there, maybe was the word. Um, I don't know. I, there is definitely a, a subsection of hamburger eaters who really enjoy the smell of frostbitten meat. <laughs> that's gross. They just put it in a little cup and they whiff it in front of the face and they're like. Hey, oh, that's good stuff. Hey, speaking of meal prep, I think I saw that you're now a meal prepper. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, I'm trying my best at it, right? So I, I got this like bag of frozen chicken tenderloins, right? Okay. And, and my mom's like, oh, hey, you can make some meals with this. And I'm like, well, mom, I don't even know what that means. So I come back <laughs> home from work one night. It might have been like, oh, man, maybe like Monday night or something like that. I mean, yeah, it was something like Monday or Tuesday night. And it's like 10 and I'm like, dude, what the hell am I going to do for like, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner tomorrow? So yeah. I just, I just threw those things, you know, like I already had put them in the, um, in the, uh, the, the fridge to defrost, you know? Cause like, yeah. you know, I want to leave it out on your counter. You get salmonella and all that stuff. So I kept them yeah, in the fridge in a package, put them on, you know, like the baking sheet, cooked them up half hour, you know? And I'm just like, wow, okay. These are cooked. Let's put them away now, you know, which is weird because like, who wants to cook food and then just put it away right afterwards? You Not know? yet. It's, yeah, it's it makes no sense. Do. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, God, I even what would be like the, what would be like closest analogy to that? You know, to to to, it'd be like it'd be like getting you know, paid like, and not like, spending here, here. money. Yeah, it'd be like having a honey, mm-hmm. a drop, fucking dead gorgeous honey, mm-hmm. and then she gets all naked, naked, and you're like, let's do this, girl. And then she's like, nah, that's what it'd be like. It's blue balls. You're, you're blue so basically you're giving, um, you're giving yourself food blue balls by cooking all this yes. meal and you're, you're meal ready prep. to go. And all of a sudden yep. you're just like, no, I got to go to sleep. Meal prep 101, baby. 
Oh, blue ball. Man. Yeah. I, I guess so, it would be, be very similar to if she said no and you got all riled up. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Man, maybe, so, yeah. maybe meal Have prep's fun. not the way to go. What did you meal prep? Did you just make the food and now you're just going to eat it later? I mean, are you planning on having it with rice? No. Like, what are you doing? Like, i basically just been eating this chicken plain. Like, wow. no, Yeah, like, I just throw it in Tupperware, take it to work, you know, and then when I get hungry around, like, 1230, I'm like, okay, and then just eat it. Having just straight-up chicken. No sides. No sides, man. You, like, a power lifter? Yeah. I'm, some fucking schizophrenic psychopath or something? <laughs> no. Who doesn't have sides of chicken? Dude, man, like, I'm, I've been... Serial killers. No, not at serial killers. No, not at all. Just, like, someone who's also strapped for cash. I don't know, man. Sounds kind of fucked to me. Uh, dude, man, you're the one making Thanksgiving, like, two weeks early. Yeah, so? So? You're going to judge I, me? I just want to... I'm celebrating our nation's history at, uh... I want to. I want. I love it so much that I want to do it twice. That's why. Which part of our nation's history? The, uh, the Anglo-Saxon, you know, raping of the Native American culture. Is that what you want to celebrate? Uh, no, more of the um, the the smallpox thing with the blankets and stuff. Oh, that part. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts as well. Well, Nick, you know, <laughs> we could talk about American history all we want, but man, this is one of the craziest weeks in recent wrestling history. I know we see oh. that. Every time we get on the podcast, but it just seems like wrestling just keeps on getting crazier and crazier, Nick. Yeah, it's a it's a real crazy week, and it kind of started last Friday uh, when I had to have a wrestling match in the cross. Yeah, and you're you're not a trained wrestler, so I no. gotta ask, man, are you are you dead? Are you did you die in this match? I'm actually good. I feel great today. I got super kicked in the face, and I took a. Uh, what what is what is Con Brooks call it a, uh, a young money stunner or whatever the fuck he calls yeah, it? Yeah, kind of like that Will Osprey uh, cutter thing. Yeah, and then I took a, a stomp to the chest by uh, Adam Grace. So it, it was a very interesting stuff, uh, basically because our our tag partner is part of our 3BF stable um, decided to support his high school for some event like a total prick. So. Uh, I had to step in, and uh, no, it was actually a lot of fun. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think, uh, based on the showing and the response that we got from the fans, there are uh, definitely more opportunities for Nikki Duche to get in the ring in the future. I think for for special events and special feuds and things like that. So you basically have transitioned into Bobby the Brain Heenan type of territory as a manager. Yeah, yeah, I think so a little bit, and. Uh, you know, and be, because I'm not a trained wrestler, but um, I, I've done, I've had a fair share of training in the ring, so I know how to bump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know how to plan matches, and I know how to do all the other stuff a little bit. Like I'm not, I'm by no means a wrestler. I couldn't sit in the ring and have a, a 20 minute match with anybody. I mean, that would be just total ass. But you know, I, I know enough to to be able to be in there, and I know enough about the psychology to kind of get by and at least act like I know what I'm doing. So. Uh, yeah, should be fun, and uh, I think there's some really cool things and really fun things for RCCW coming up in the future, and uh, really looking forward to uh, you know doing more stuff there because as we've talked about, Jesse, mm-hmm. um, our travels across the state—I mean, mine more especially, yours not so much now—but have really diminished. And uh, RCCW not only is uh, my home base promotion, but it's basically one of the only places I'm still working for because I just I can't make it out to these shows anymore, especially you know with with the, the, the shoot job, Fridays and Saturdays, I'm just always busy, and that's the only time when wrestling shows are. When 
you got to leave work at one o'clock to make one. It's just, uh, it's not doable on my end. So, you know, really happy with how things in RCCW are going. And uh, yeah, just really weird though, because it was like a full legend tag match with, with the Dojo boys who are phenomenal in the ring and they, they have lots of spots and things like that. And uh, I'm just happy it all worked out and I still have my teeth. That is always a good thing to have because I think it would be kind of hard to actually explain at the shoot job what exactly happened to those teeth that you lost. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where'd your teeth go? Oh, you know, I got super kicked by uh, Colin Brooks and Adam Grace. And they'd be, be like, like oh. they'd be like, Promo Hand, you deserved it. And I thought that stuff was fake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably what happened. But yeah, lots of fun for me. And uh, looking forward to some more local wrestling over the next. A uh, couple of months, Jesse. I don't. When was the last time you were at a show? You were at BCW or AWF or something like that a couple um, weeks ago. Phew, that's a good question. I can't remember. It might have been like uh, I don't know. I can't remember, man. It, it's felt good. It, it's felt good. But I'm gonna be on the road this weekend. We got AWF in uh, the Minnesotas. It's gonna be interesting. Supposedly the show's in a tent. And, okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking November and it's in a tent. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope like someone gets smart enough and moves it indoors. That'd be really kind of nice. And then of course we're back on the road the following weekend for uh, BCW, their big November show as they gear up for Rise to Honor. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's always a good time going on those road trips, and getting out of the office and stuff like that. And things are starting to slow down here as it is. So you know that's a good thing. That's a very very good thing, especially yeah. here at the shoot job. But it's also one of those things where. Hey man, we got like high school basketball coming up, and that's going to eat up a lot of time again. Yeah, Rick actually, uh, I saw him at a meeting mm-hmm. yesterday, and he literally went, "Hey, I know this doesn't really um, have anything to do with your presentation about your shoot job or anything, but uh, do you by chance want to do uh, high school basketball commentary?" I was like, "Okay, yeah, I think he's going <laughs> to be shooting you a schedule coming up here. I know he sent it out to like you know Terry Erickson, Art Fay." Carl Greenfield and like a few others and basically it's kind of like hey man what can you do because like I don't know man the shoot job keeps you busy and it's like one of those things where he's got like maybe like three or four games scheduled a week and it's like there ain't no fucking way man no way you know because like people got other things going on yeah yeah definitely man it's uh we all have busy schedules sometimes and uh we got things going on but hey doing high school play-by-play is always really fun and it's uh it's a nice change of pace you know because otherwise i'd probably just be sitting at home watching netflix so man you know what that sounds great that sounds amazing like oh you know it's not too bad yeah you can watch like atypical or something like that you know i uh i know we got to talk about wrestling here eventually but Mm i uh i literally just uh Power Watch. I don't know if you ever heard of the show Shameless. Yeah, I've heard uh, of it. Yes. It's uh, Netflix has uh, seven seasons available to watch, and it's one of those shows where the 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 show is an hour long. So uh-huh. if you can imagine seven seasons of an hour long show. Yeah, it's probably about like and, twelve uh, episodes a season, give yeah, or take. Yeah. Yeah. I got through the whole series in two weeks. What the it's hell, like, man, man? I need to get a fucking life. Wow. Did you grow a beard or something? I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So I, 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 sometimes I need stuff to do, you know, when it comes to really far away road trips that make me have to leave work early, eh, probably can't do that. But when it comes to, uh, finding things to do here, right in town. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll do it. Cool. 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 So with RCCW, that's their last show of the year. Am I correct? That's right. Their next show's in January. So, uh, yeah. And like I said, there's some really cool things in the works. I can't really talk about anything because, I'm not the booker there, and uh, I don't okay, know if I'm but, allowed to talk But there's, there's one that's already been kind of released, right? They're going to have Cole Cabana coming in. 
Yeah, they're going to have uh, Cole Cabana coming in in uh, January, so that's really exciting. And they also have a couple of uh, – we talk about this a lot when it comes to indie promotions, but they have a couple of actually really exciting um, possible advertising ventures coming up here. So, oh. again, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know exactly what's set in stone, but um, from what I've been told, there's some really cool things on the horizon, and uh, it's good to hear, especially you know because with – on this show, we harp about that stuff all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is what this show is basically about, is uh, harping about indie companies not actually thinking outside the boat when it comes to their advertising. So if I had to take a wild guess to what RCCW is, give me oh, a, like okay. a, a kind of close, not really close, a hot, cold type of thing. All right, okay. hear me I'm out. I'm not going to do that, but, uh, but I'll listen to you. I'll listen okay. to what you say. RCCW <laughs> management is investing money in a state-of-the-art laser cannon. And what they're going to do is going to carve their initials into the moon. Am I close or not? Yeah, that's actually what it is. God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. <laughs> I don't want to look at those initials when I look at the moon. Yeah, that's uh, you, gotta, you have long dates with, uh, you know, fucking Jasmine or whatever her name is that you're dating now. And uh, you <laughs> guys go out Jasmine, you guys go on your date and you're like, hey, baby, take a look at that. Look at that moon, baby. And it's going to say RZCW and you're going to be like, yeah, baby, I used to work there, and then all of a sudden, like, shit got crazy, and now I don't work there anymore, and everybody hates each other. Yeah. You know? I like I like the fact bit. that, like, when I'm on a date, I cut a Jack Spade promo. Yeah, that, that sounded a little bit like Jack Spade, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. It hey, really did. Shout out to Jack Spade, the Ross Family. Ross Family Matters podcast, quite possibly, honestly, out of all the podcasts that I listen to, even the national ones, I really enjoy listening to their podcasts a lot. And I probably sound like a total fucking brown noser saying that, but I really like it. It's a good podcast. No, so you listen don't. to Talk Network. Okay. All right, cool, well, man. Just, anyways, we had a lot of stuff to talk about, man. We really do. So should we – okay, if we're going to go in chronological order, we already started on Friday, Holy right? Fuck. Okay. Yeah. We, 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 we talked about this really quick for everybody yeah. that's listening. We talked about what we wanted to talk about before we started recording, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff. So I'm just warning you. We're the topical show. We're going to try to keep it topical, but um, there's so much stuff. We're going to be all over the place. This is going to be highly unorganized, so just uh, strap up and get ready because, yeah, we got stuff to talk about. All right, cool. So New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle happened Sunday yes. morning. Now, this was interesting, Nick. Like, man, I decided to watch it live. Like, yeah. I was like, you know what? Screw it, man. It? I, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to watch this live, right? Yeah. I forgot there was daylight saving time. Oh man! So I had to live through one o'clock. Oh my twice, god! And it was it was unbearable. Like I had to stop at Quick Trip a couple times, buy pizza pockets and like coffee and stuff like that. It was just uh, it was just a, just a terrible time. But anyhow, got a chance to start watching it live, and I fell asleep during the third match. Now, <laughs> now here's where it gets really kind of crazy, right? I actually woke up for the end of Omega and Beretta. Okay. And I'm like, I woke up. I'm like, whoa, what happened? And I look over and the match is playing. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, just a fantastic match. Went back and watched the whole show. Fantastic show. If you're a fan of New Japan, you're going to love the show. If you've never watched New Japan, this is going to be a very good primer show for you because you get to see just a really good solid mix of what exactly they like to offer over there. Um, So Omega retains over Beretta. Big match there for Beretta. He's basically a made man now in the heavyweight scene over there. So kudos yep. to Trent for that one. But then we saw basically one of the, I don't know, I, w- I would say the most shocking debuts would, yeah. in the history of professional wrestling because I don't think Huge. anyone actually would have guessed that uh, Chris Jericho would be wrestling for New Japan Pro Wrestling in yep. 2018. It's crazy. 
It is nuts, dude. I don't yeah. even know. I honestly don't even know what to say about it. It blows my mind. Chris Jericho, to me, he's my favorite wrestler of all time. He's number one on my list. And uh, Omega is easily number one on my list right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not – It's like you said, you know, we, we did it on this podcast. We did our whole, you know, um, Wrestle Kingdom predictions. Yeah. And this would never have – I never would have thought about this. No. I mean, it, it just – We've always known Jericho to be a full-on WWE guy. And here's the thing that's great about Jericho. He continues to do this where he never he, – it's it's like he, he always surprises us. It's like now at this point, knowing Jericho based on his returns and all this other fun stuff, none of this stuff should surprise us. I mean, this – it wasn't telegraphed more or less, but, man, almost – I mean, if you listen to his podcast, all the mentions of New Japan re- Pro Wrestling and – and Okada and Omega and all this other stuff that he's been doing so much lately. I mean, it's hard not to notice that he's taken a vested interest in this company. And I still think we're kind of waiting to figure out what exactly. I mean, I know his contracted him with WWE and all this other stuff. But, like, what was the reasoning behind him wanting to go to New Japan? He said he'd release a podcast sooner or later talking about it. But it kind of makes you wonder a little bit. What's going on? I'm thinking what is kind of going on is... Hmm. I I wonder if some of it might just be, let's try something new. Let's freshen it up. You know, like you spend 18 years in the WWF. You spend 18 years anywhere, basically, being just uh, synonymous with that job and stuff like that. Sometimes you have to get outside your comfort zone and see if really is the grass greener on the other side. And I almost wonder maybe, quite possibly, that could be the case here for Chris Jericho. Do you kind of think... And here, and we're gonna get, we're gonna have a lot of time to dissect this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I personally assume this is a one-off thing, right? Like this is a. As as of right gonna, now, yeah. I it sounds like it's a one-off thing. But if you're New Japan and you have Chris Jericho for one show, and you're coming back to Long Beach, you're coming back to fucking Long Beach in a huge building. They're they're running a basketball size arena coming up here in March. Why not have Chris Jericho stick around past that so he's won the selling points? What do you think this does for Jericho's and WWE's relationship moving forward? I mean, I, I would imagine we'll see Jericho back in a WWE ring eventually, but do you think that there's something going on behind the scenes? Because I just simply, dude, I cannot imagine that this is something that Vince or H or anybody is cool seeing because as you saw, once Jericho came up on the screen out there in Japan, I mean, that shit was all over the place, all over the internet. I mean, I mean, it was trending on YouTube. It was huge. And all these eyes now are getting pulled from WWE's product, casual fans' eyes, into the New Japan Pro Wrestling product. I mean, this is this is honestly, and I, and I, I know that uh, Jericho's not necessarily the name he was five, ten years ago, but this is, this is groundbreaking for New Japan Pro Wrestling and getting some more casual fans' eyes on their product. I mean, is this something that WWE – I mean, is, come on, Jesse, right? Like, something has to be going on between those two, right? I know it's fun to it, – you don't want to speculate <laughs> yeah. and just say something that's not true, but but there has to be some sort of rift between Jericho and WWE for this to happen. There's no way WWE would allow this to happen. I don't know. I really don't know because you got to think about it too, all right? So – it's one of those things like, where what, what do, benefit okay. would this have for WWE? What benefit would this possibly have for them? Jericho was already an established guy. It's not mm-hmm. like he needed to go somewhere else to build no. his name value. I okay. If there was anything to benefit WWE, it might very well be 
the fact now they ha they they know the future is down. They have to work with the young guys they have on the roster, and that's something we got to talk about a little bit later in the podcast as well. I think the only thing that, that would be really beneficial for WWE is since Dr Chris Jericho is so synonymous with WWE, it's almost like even the marketing leading up to Wrestle Kingdom in Japan, very much WWE is on the tip of the tongue in the whole thing. Sure. So, so I think that might be like the big benefit there. It's kind of similar to when Jushin Thunder Liger actually did that one-off over in NXT against NXT. you know Tyler Breeze. It, it, yep. it could be kind of like that where it's very much – Okay, you know, we helped you out here in this spot. We brought over one of our guys. Could you take one of our guys and, you know, do the kind of same thing? So I almost wonder about that as well. And I think, like, New like, I, I think WWE really, I don't think they sweat New Japan because as of right now, like, New Japan is not running shows on a constant basis in America. So the second maybe New Japan starts doing that, then WWE might start sweating them. Because I think WWE's got things they got to sweat about inside their own locker room. Because maybe, like, right now, New Japan's not even, like, on their fucking radar when it comes to, like, issues we got to be sweating about. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, I get that. Here, Here's one other question I have for you, okay? Yeah, so sure. There's going to be a lot of speculation about that. Jericho will come out, and he'll explain what happened. I'm assuming maybe, like you meant, you know, he's been working there for so long. He likes what he sees in New Japan. I know he's a huge fan of Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, and maybe he's taken this opportunity along with, you know, he has his cruise in which he wasn't able to work out a deal with NXT. So instead he has ROH coming in. Yeah. Maybe there was just something where he's trying to, you know, just test the waters, see what else is out there. I'm sure he'll eventually come back to WWE, but this is huge for New Japan. Here's what I want to ask you, Jesse. Okay. Right. Jericho had his last run in WWE was phenomenal. But as we know, WWE and New Japan are two totally different companies when it comes to getting over. Do you think that while Jericho was quite possibly the best wrestler in the world 15 years ago, that there's the potential that the in-ring content between Omega and Jericho is going to be kind of a letdown at Wrestle Kingdom? Um... I think the potential is there, and I think a lot of that is based on just people's expectations of what you might actually see in a um, high-stakes Kenny Omega match. You know, right. if you're expecting Okada Omega from last year's Wrestle Kingdom, you're not going to get that. But I think what you could possibly get closer to might be almost like a classic Steamboat Flair type of match. You know, it's just a really, really good pro wrestling match where it's – you have a guy who's past his physical prime, but his mental prime is, like, sharp True. as a fucking tack. And you have a guy right now who could be considered pound for pound the best wrestler on the planet. So there, there's a lot of I, – I think there's, like, you know, expectations might be too high, but the match is going to deliver because I think both guys are very prideful, and they don't want to be showing up on the biggest stage of the year. Uh, solid point. And if you really kind of want to break it down, may, maybe one of the better comparisons might be – Michael Billy Gunn and Tanahashi. No, 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 no. More, <laughs> more like Michael's Jericho that second time around. You know. Oh sure. You know that that might be closer to what we actually get expectation wise. I mean, those are really good story matches, and I, I would not be shocked if we get a really good story match out of this one. Right. By the way. Mhm. Mm I'm excited for Jay White, but come on, man. Really. Oh man, that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, I think a lot of people, like on the Twitters and stuff like that, there was already kind of like a, 
a groundswell of people be like, oh, man, I really hope it's not Sammy Callahan. You know, so right. when, it, when it ended up not being Sammy Callahan, I think a lot of people were kind of happy about that one. But for, like, Jay White, the switchblade thing, I think it's going to take a little bit to get used to it because you don't – one of the things we don't really necessarily see with New Japan when they bring guys back from excursion sometimes is they're – is them doing the character where they actually went. You know what I mean? Right. So for Jay White, he was just kind of, he was a white meat baby face in Ring of Honor. So you kind of just have that. So you see the expectation of a different type of character for him. It, it's kind of tough. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, is he working the World Take League or not? Because if he is, then we actually get to see him in the ring and stuff like that leading up to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, you know, I don't know about that, and I'm not exactly sure how his character is going to differ from ROH. I know a lot of people really like him for ROH for whatever reason. To me, he just kind of came off as I, – I, I, I don't watch a lot of his ROH stuff, but I went back after his announcement. I tried to watch a couple of his matches, clicked around a little bit. Uh-huh. And to me, he just came off like basically Mike Bennett. That's kind of how <laughs> I, I – mean, and, and, you know, uh-huh. and Mike Bennett's a great work. I mean, Mike, Mike, let's be honest. Mike Bennett's a good worker, and he's got a good look. But it's just – to me, it's kind of just bland in the ring. Um, and, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe he'll adapt some of this switchblade, slingblade, whatever character to his in-ring work. And obviously, he's working uh, Tanahashi, you know, fucking king shit over there in Japan. So it might be good. I'm just, you know, I and I know we've seen the same guys wrestle a time and time again. Uh, but when it came to the Intercontinental Title, and I think when you look at the New Japan card. There's still a lot of pretty prominent names that don't have anything going on that I think are going to end up being forced into, you know, the like big tag matches, which just kind of sucks to see. Well, you got some names, some very prominent names that don't have anything going on, but one prominent name that actually did find something going on. It sounds like they're leaning towards Abushi against Cody Rhodes there at Wrestle Kingdom. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that'll be exciting. I still really really would have liked to have seen Abushi and Kenny Omega. I think that story for Wrestle Kingdom would have made more sense, but I, you know, having Jericho come along kind of trumps everything in that sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I think Ibushi and Cody is going to be great. And uh, again, you know, I honestly wouldn't be a, even a little surprised to see some sort of weird thing between Cody and Kenny in this matchup. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they kind of go with that one. Now, is it one of those things where you can necessarily see maybe like the beginning of the the split there with the Bullet Club and the Elite? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's like where they keep teasing it, but I think the Bullet Club and the Elite together is such a cash cow unless the goal is to ultimately make another group in the Elite that's totally separate from the Bullet Club, but they're such they're basically the exact same group. They just have different names. Yeah. I mean, the Elite does everything the Bullet Club apparently does. They have pretty much the same kind of logo. I mean, I don't know. It's pretty much the same group, and I think it just uh, adds to the drama um, keeping the Elite in in the Bullet Club. Um, but, yeah, but I think if they were going to do it at any point, it would definitely be at that time. Uh, so I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, definitely. Wrestle Kingdom is going to be one of those great shows. If you get an opportunity, remember, it's January the 4th. Doesn't matter what day in the week, it's always the 4th. Make sure, you know, if you want to catch it live, New Japan Pro Wrestling has their New Japan World. This would be a great service to use. Otherwise, it sounds like there actually might be some other means for you to actually watch Wrestle Kingdom this year. So kind of keep your ears and eyes open for that as well. I say screw it, man. Let's go. Let's, Let's buy some tickets out to Tokyo. Let's go. Man, you, you have to pay for a fucking wedding. There ain't no way, you know? 
Yeah, probably not. You're right. Yeah, maybe, you know, you could take Zari next year for Wrestle Kingdom 13. <laughs> yeah, I'll see if I can sell her on going to Japan and staying in some uh, crappy hotel to pay for uh, Wrestle Kingdom tickets. Yeah, yeah she'd love that. You guys can stay at the, you know, the Holiday Inn. Yeah, okay. Not too bad. Yeah, hey, what like, else happened in wrestling this week? All right, cool. Another thing that happened in wrestling this week, of course, WWE was over in the United Kingdom. And uh, we, we got ourselves a title change. Actually, we got ourselves two title changes. And it's going to be kind of interesting. It was the reaction to both of them because both of the shows were taped in advance. Both the results were leaked out in advance. One kind of got a whole hum. Oh, that's kind of cool. And the other one got like, uh, why are they spoiling it for me? So we got new tag team champions on Raw with the bar. Congratulations on winning the tag team champions as well. And nice. we have a new WWE heavyweight champion in AJ Styles. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And this is which which leads into a bigger match we're going to talk about in just a few moments. But Nick, I got to ask you right off the bat. Like we we've talked about Jinder Mahal as champion for quite some time in the podcast. Some of us liked him, some of us didn't like him as a champion. And a lot of it, it really might be the simple fact that, like, it just was kind of uh, their reign for, for most of it because of just, I don't know, flat creative with the character and stuff like that. So it's, it's always kind of interesting. But putting the belt on a guy like AJ Styles, I mean, AJ Styles, like, the guy's got credibility up the wazoo, you know. And for WWE now to really kind of put the ball back in his court, lead into, like, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, perhaps WrestleMania, shows a lot of faith in him. Oh, man, I wish that's what the case was, but I read some stuff. Um, and these aren't spoilers by any chance or dirt sheets. I just I, I kind mm -hmm. of went through some theories, and I think um, I'd like to think that that's what, what these theories kind of talked about was true. And I think this is WWE's way of protect, protecting Jinder Mahal. So what I think you're going to see, Jesse, which really sucks, I think you're going to see Brock Lesnar uh, beat up on AJ Styles. And then I think we're going to see Jinder Mahal win the belt back um, after Survivor Series is over. So I think Jinder, I, I think this is a way to protect Jinder a little bit from getting his ass totally whooped by Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I think it uh, it's a more advertisable main event for Survivor Series with AJ taking on Brock. But I think ultimately the title is going to fall back into the hands of Jinder before WWE goes on their big India tour. And uh, yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what I think about that. Wow, you just took the the buzzkill out of the whole conversation. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> honestly, like, okay, I I understand the concept of the Brock Lesnar match. There's no one who loves a good Brock Lesnar match more than me. Trust me. I, I love watching Brock Lesnar because there's no one else like him in pro wrestling today. Sure. I don't think there's ever been, like, a guy like Brock Lesnar in pro wrestling. That's what makes him so unique. Um, The, the hype for, like, AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get with that one. You can kind of picture it in your head, you know. Styles has got to juke and jive, get it out of the way, use his speed and agility to actually get around Lesnar, you know. And if it was a shoot fight, Lesnar's going to kill him. It's a yeah. pro wrestling match. So you're still going to use that shoot fighting logic. You know, the match is probably about like maybe 10, 15. Yep. Styles will get in some of his big spots. He'll have Lesnar on the ropes. And, of course, you know, you're more than likely you're probably going to have a Schmaz finish because it's champion versus champion. It's just the way it goes. That sucks. Um, do I think it's actually the right idea to protect Jinder if you want to really protect him? No, because think about this one, because this one's been brought up time and time and time again, right? So you had AJ Styles actually lose to Finn Balor on, what was it, the yeah. last pay-per-view you had? Clean. 
clean, yep. clean. And fucking then dumb. and then you had Finn fucking Balor get his ass handed to him by Kane the following night on Monday Night Raw after you yep. put the fucking rocket ship on this kid. And yep. you didn't protect Finn Balor at fucking all. And I think yep. it becomes a problem that you have with WWE where you can't protect any of these guys with your 50-50 booking. So for them to basically be like, oh, hey, we're going to protect Jinder Mahal by putting the belt on AJ Styles and then have AJ Styles get his ass handed to him by Brock Lesnar, that basically says to me, oh, shit, Brock Lesnar would have kicked Jinder Mahal's fucking ass as well. <laughs> that doesn't really protect Jinder Mahal. Am I correct on that? No, you're correct, and I think, but I think WWE, and I think we've noticed this, Jesse. This is WWE's booking. Yeah. I mean, Finn Balor beat AJ Styles pretty decisively. It was pretty clean that he beat him at that pay-per-view, and all of a sudden now AJ Styles is the SmackDown champion. Yeah. And now we have, and now I mean, and Finn, like you mentioned, Finn Balor is a mid carter. Yeah. He 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 got his ass kicked by Kane. So I don't I don't think that WWE ever thinks about how these things all kind of tie together. You know, I think more or less they just think about what's happening in the moment. And once that happens, it's done with. It's it's kapush. It's done. They're, the the only way that they can protect somebody is in the now. And as long as they're they that person's not seen getting their ass totally kicked on a national scene, then uh then I think that's that's just how they roll, man. That's 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 what my opinion is of it. It's unfortunate. It's fucking stupid. And honestly, what they should have done, Jesse, mm-hmm. fuck it. Have Jinder keep the belt and have him beat Brock Lesnar clean. Because why <laughs> the fuck not? Just do it. It'd be hilarious. Oh, the man. internet would be so mad. Oh, man. The internet was already mad Tuesday as it was. You know, like, trust me on this one. I almost had a goddamn aneurysm. Like, whoa, that's a- whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. We, gotta, we saved that for the end. All we, right. We saved the ranting for the end, Jesse. Okay. All right, cool. So, 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 so that, that, there's your preview, folks. If you're okay. still listening, Jesse Von Ruden's going to go off uh, in the in the final segment of our show. But but until then, what else we got to talk about? Oh, that's a good question. So one of the other things that came out of this set of tapings as well was Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been sent home per WWE management from the UK tour. Now, Nick, a lot of people were waiting on to hear exactly why they were sent home. You know, there there were some rumors running around, and it sounds like the rumors kind of are hinting to be true on this one where Owens and Zayn were basically sent home for disobeying creative on a uh, on a segment during SmackDown. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, what now what, what were they disobeying? All right, Jesse? cool. So for, for, for people that don't know yeah. about this, give us give us some backstory. What, what what exactly happened? What's what's the story say happened? All right, cool. So this is what we've been hearing from the Observer. So you can take it with a grain of salt or not, or you can go back and watch SmackDown and make make up your own mind as well. So Zayn was taking on Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston gets the W. Owens comes out there to help his buddy because Zayn and Owens are buddies now. Then that brings out the New Day. Now, rumor Induendo says, hey, the New Day is going to basically beat the hell out of Owens and Zayn. So that was supposed to be what the finish was. But Owens and Zayn actually bail out of the ring really quickly. And it kind of left this weird, awkward moment because we all know WWE production is very much like on point with everything, right? The second yep. bad guys ditch out of the ring, good guys music hit. That didn't happen for a while. So apparently, Owens and Zayn disobeyed creative and have been a headache backstage for quite some time from what people are saying. And a lot of it can be linked back to Jimmy Jacobs actually being let go from the company. That's the hot huh. rumor right now. 
but this is an issue that's been going on really in the WWE locker room for, God, at least six months now, if not longer, where talent is just, just fed up with the way creative is coming across. I mean, we saw it with Nia Jax. We saw it with Austin Aries. Austin Aries this week was actually, he had a hell of an interview. If you get a chance to actually listen to it, yep. get a chance to listen to it because he just, he lays it out, man. Like, sometimes. Well, he basically said WWE came up to him and said, eh, we don't have anything for you. Yeah. And he said, uh, I'll do anything. And that's what's great. You know, when, when, when this, and again, you know, I'm, we're getting off track, but when, mm -hmm. when uh, this whole Austin Aries thing first happened, everybody was talking about and saying, oh my gosh, uh, he's mad for this reason. He's pissed because of this. He's mad because he was on the pre-show. He's angry because of this. And he literally came out and flat out said, and you know, the nicest dude possible said, you know, I don't, I don't give a shit. I would have done commentary. I would have done managing. I would have done wrestling on 205 Live. I would have went back to NXT. I would have done whatever they wanted. He's like, they want to put the title on me. That's fine, but I don't want to do that. I'm a utility player. And WWE just said, nah, you know what? We don't got anything for you. And it's like, give me a fucking break, yeah. dude. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that about? You're gonna, okay, no offense. Mm -hmm. But you're you're gonna you're gonna tell me that you're gonna bring back the big red machine Kane and give him a main event at a pay per view and then also put him over one of your guys, but you have nothing going on for Finn Bal or for uh, fucking Austin Aries? Like, come on, dude, what the hell is that all about? I, I don't and know. Now, I don't know what to tell and you. Here's, and here's the, like the same thing that happened with Neville, where they had an idea for him, either he didn't like the idea or they didn't have anything for him once they decided to put the belt on Enzo. Well, and here's what the problem is, Jesse, right? Uh -huh. You listen to all these guys talk, especially like the Stone Cold Steve Austins. You listen to the Jericho podcast. You listen to the JR podcast. You listen to all these influential minds in pro wrestling talking about what's wrong with today's product in WWE, and they continue to say the exact same thing. It's the fact that these new guys, this new generation, isn't speaking up and in, in taking creative under their control. You know what I mean? It's like they, yeah. they listen to whatever the writers have to say, they listen to whatever upper management has to say, and they just do it. When you hear like Austin, JR, all these guys talking about the greatness that was the Attitude Era, the greatness that was the early 2000s, it's because they had a say in creative. And now what you're seeing based on this story with uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, they don't like what's happening. So instead of being able to offer their input and talk about this and make things for the better, because as we've seen, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have done great things in the biz, especially with this whole run they've had lately. They get sent home. Yeah. And it's like, it's a disciplinary action that seems like all that it's doing is setting your, 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 your blank minded foot soldiers back in line so that you can have complete control over the product, which to me seems like it's actually killing WWE's business. Because it, it takes away – well, think about this one. This is a good analogy, right? So in the movie business, one of the things they always do is they have the screenwriters, right? But yeah. as they are filming the movie, the actors take liberties with the script and kind of tweak things a little bit here and there based on how they feel, how the story is going. That's a right. crazy thing. That should, how be, that should really be like how wrestling is. Wrestling in its purest form is two artists in the ring telling a story. Now, yeah. you can have as many people backstage trying to help to facilitate that story, to, to refine it, you know, tweak it. But when you have too many cooks in the kitchen, and I know you love that fucking phrase, Nick, so I got to bring it, it back. When you have too many cooks in the kitchen, sometimes the message does not get across the way it should. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, that's been a problem. You know, they say they have a writing team of like fucking 20 dudes. It's that's like way too many. You... That's way yeah. too many. It's way too many. How can you focus on these things and how can you have, you know, individual ideas for certain characters and how can they kind of, 
you know, build into something that uh, people just, you know, care about and have emotions connected to when you have 20 people trying to write one story. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think that's what you're seeing. And, you know, I don't I don't want to speculate too much on the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens thing because we just simply don't know enough. But Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, we've seen a ton of this over the past six months when it comes down to guys like Neville, Nia Jax, Austin Aries. Now with Zayn and Kevin Owens, I think there was a couple others that we heard about as well. It's just unfortunate, and, and, and it sucks to me because, you know, I, I think the big thing is that a lot of these these guys, if they're, they, they should be offered the ability to kind of give more input into creative because, man, only they can really make their characters come alive and only they can make their storylines come alive. So at least them being able to have some sort of input in what it is that they are doing, um, you know, I, I think that's really important. And I think a lot of them are realizing it and a lot of them are realizing you know, man, at the end of the day, it's about being in WWE because, you know, that's the big product. That's what everybody grew up watching. But they're realizing, man, there's some guys out there like Cody Rhodes said. He's making more money outside WWE than he ever did in WWE. And uh, I think that that could be true for a lot of these other guys go, if they decided to go back to the indies or whatever they decided to do. The way the indies is kind of like really kind of shaping up, and this is actually really kind of interesting because we live in this, this, this time of the individual when it comes to, like, social media, self-branding and everything like that. Pro wrestlers have been doing that for years and years and years. Where basically they're in charge of their intellectual property as themselves, you know. And they went from territory to territory, and they get over on each territory, and they try to build that reputation because when their name was on the marquee, that's what people were kind of going to see. It was like, oh, right. that's great, there's wrestling there, but holy fucking shit, Ric Flair's there. We gotta fucking go. So yep. now you have it where. We just have, like, the, the perfect storm, it seems like, where we have the the rise of social media. The Internet's such a powerful self-marketing tool now. And we see it with, like, pro wrestling tees. We see it with the Young Bucks, where these guys are actually taking control of their identities and running with it. Like, could you really tell me, like, as of right now, in 2017, on a national indie company, not WWE, not Ring of Honor, like, uh, you know, maybe like AAW or something like that. Could you tell me a hot storyline that is going on? Or could you tell me who <laughs> is a hot performer that's going on? Because I think there's more money in hot performers today doing what they're doing than there is in hot storylines on the indie level. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I mean, you hear about it time and time again. I mean, obviously, we're a little bit more in touch with what's happening on that that circuit just because, you know, we obviously spend a lot of time doing research on the webs. And, you know, any free time that we have, we find wrestling so interesting that only WWE and New Japan and ROH can fill just a tiny bit of that that uh, that want to learn more. Um, but, yeah, I think if you ask a lot of people, especially you see that live events, like, for example, obviously, uh, you know, AJ Styles was already a pretty big name beforehand. But when he came out there, it seemed like everybody in WWE knew who he was. Um, and I think the same can be said for a lot of different guys from the indie scene um, that come into to places like NXT. And obviously that's a different audience. But a lot of these guys are being known by, you know, maybe not casual fans, but pretty close to casual fans that probably only watch WWE, ROH, and NXT. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that says a lot about what the indies are doing and more particular what the performers on the indie levels are able to accomplish before making it to WWE. Yeah, and I think a lot of people also kind of sometimes forget the power that, like, national TV actually had. Because think about this one. This is a good good example here between two guys, right? AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Basically, both guys very synonymous there with Impact Wrestling. We'll talk about Impact Wrestling maybe hopefully a little bit later because, like, man, they ended up doing something kind of crazy as well this week. Um, 
with with those two guys, they have they've been on national TV for a good decade before they actually got to the WWE. AJ Styles had the benefit of debuting on the Royal Rumble, got a huge pop, tremendous pop, like people were right. buzzing about it. While Samoa Joe debuted on NXT. Now, right. you know, when Samoa Joe actually got the call up, he did get a pretty good buzz and stuff like that. But I wonder if that buzz was because there was already that built-in name value that he had working for Impact Wrestling. Oh. Because if you yeah. think about it, because like even like Bobby Roode, right? He's a guy who's been in Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. But when they sent him down to NXT and brought him up, do you wonder if like the initial pop of like the recognition calmed down a little bit? You know what I mean? As if almost the debut on the WWE roster was softened by the fact that he was already in NXT. Is that kind of what you're saying a little yeah, bit? Yeah, because if you think about it, like even even creatively, you know, it took him a it's taken him a bit to get past that rut because he's in the same rut that like Nakamura was because he got stuck with fucking Dolph Ziggler, you know. <laughs> so, like it, it it's it's kind of crazy like that one because even Nakamura Nakamura like all the buzz in the world after that NXT takeover. But it took him what, almost like two years to get to the main roster. I think. Well, and then we talked about this in the last episode, I think, a little yeah. bit. But that's I, that's the difficulty with NXT because, while you know, I think AJ Styles, if he would have went to NXT first and then he would have came to WWE, I think he'd be the same performer. He'd still be probably one of the best in the company. Blah blah blah. But I think something has to be said about instantly making a debut on the main roster. I mean, I remember watching the Rumble and I was like, holy. Fuck, AJ Styles? Like, this yeah. is crazy. You know, and when they make their debuts in NXT, whether it's a run-in, whether they have a nice little video package, a vignette beforehand, it's kind of like, oh, cool, they're going to be on NXT, that's neat. But, like, I almost guarantee you, Jesse, and I think you're totally spot on. I think if we would have seen Samoa Joe right away on Raw, I think if we would have seen Bobby Roode right on SmackDown. Like, I think that, for, for some reason, and I'm not sure if it's because you know, they go to NXT and eventually you're like, okay, a lot like half the fans, you know, because we talked, we did the math, right? A million people have the subscribe you know, service, uh, roughly between probably three to, to five million watch a show every Monday and Tuesday night. So you're yep. saying probably about a third of your audience has the network. You know, I think a lot of these people probably see NXT and they go, oh, they're going to be there eventually. You know, like it's not, it's not, it's great when they get called up because we're going to see what they can do, but we've kind of already seen them and we kind of understand what they are and we know they're going to make it there eventually. So it doesn't mean as much as like an AJ Styles when all of a sudden, who is this guy? Oh my God, it's AJ Styles from, from, from TNA and from New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's finally here. This is awesome. This is cool. You know, and they just don't really do that anymore. They don't really have that sort of system because a lot of times the pipelines do start in NXT even if you're a great superstar like a Nakamura or Bobby Roode. Definitely true. Definitely true. So which brings up a good question about the the shock and the awe of debuts, title changes, like all that jazz, you know, Nick? Like, because, man, like, mm, if let's say like in 99, right? Let's say NXT was around and Jericho popped up on NXT instead of Monday or Monday Night Raw. Would it have been totally different? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do we what do we talk about right 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 when we talked about this? Mm-hmm. We talked about the developmental shows. You you mentioned uh you know Rocky Mavia and it was on like a couple of all these other like random weekly television shows. Yeah. You know, like the idea of like you go to look up any list of like the top debuts of all time in WWE history, that Jericho one when he comes out and interrupts the Rock is like 
always near the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's number one right? on the list. It's probably number one on the list. And uh, But if this dude would have been working in WWE um, prior to that, I don't think it would have been as impactful. Now, imagine it here in 2017. Like, we talked about this earlier in, in this podcast. The social media aspect, the internet aspect. I mean, everybody knows everything. Mm-hmm. So... When you have a guy like AJ Styles, even if there's rumors that he's going to be under the Rumble, when he's actually there, it's so it's so cool to see. When somebody makes a debut on Raw or SmackDown, it's so cool to see. But if this person like a Samoa Joe is working on NXT every single fucking week, and then all of a sudden they're on Raw, it's like that's cool. But you know, I've already he's already been tweeting about WWE. I've already seen him on like 17 house shows. Like, eh, it's cool that he's finally on the main roster, but. Like, how much does NXT differ from WWE, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the big difference. And uh, I, I think, you know, 20 years ago when Jericho debuted, it wouldn't have been a special. And I think today, when we have access to social media and to the WWE Network, it absolutely kills uh, that momentum when you first start on on the uh, main roster uh, by being on weekly WWE, you know, whatever. whatever not television, but broadcast i guess is the right word for nxt i i would say like yeah wwe programming you could almost say instead of broadcasting because it's on the network what are you gonna do um of course next week's a big week for wwe both survivor series and nxt takeover happening down in the san antonio's uh hopefully we get a chance to actually preview both of those shows next week because i think both shows are kind of interesting and like the big picture exactly what's going on with wwe and where exactly they could be going in 2018. So I think those ones could be a lot of fun to kind of break down, Nick. Definitely. I, I totally agree. All right, cool. Well, you know, we've been ranting and raving for a good 50 minutes. You know, we probably need to take a quick break. And when we come back, what exactly did Impact Wrestling do this week? And, uh, man. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. That's about what it. What did Impact Wrestling do this week? And what did some st- some stupid, smarky internet fans do to piss off Jesse Von Rudin. We'll find that out coming up next right here on Gravel Talk. Jesse, hit the music, fella. Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Hey, Grapple Talk listeners, this is Chris from Spot Monkey Media. Are you a professional wrestler, a promoter, a business owner? Spot Monkey Media is graphic design for the wrestling professional. We offer design services for t-shirts, event posters, 8x10s, logos, and even ring gear. But if you're not in the wrestling business, we work outside the ropes. Go to SpotMonkeyMedia.com for more information. Spot Monkey Media. Create your legacy. Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out yes i'll take my eggs over easy and i'll take my podcast deach and dash that's right the deach and dash podcast hosted by me gorgeous jordy lee available via the grapple talk network it's about to get weird we're going to talk some wrestling maybe some life 
probably, and I'm definitely gonna ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. You're listening to Grapple Talk. If you want to ask me, you want to ask me, ask me. Say, hey, Nicholas Joseph Ragnar, what just happened in the middle of the ring? Bull****. Keeping you up to date on Midwestern independent wrestling. Yeah, I'm cussing on TV because I don't care. And welcome back to more Grapple Talk right here on the Grapple Talk Network. It's the flagship. I'm Jesse Von Rudin, of course, joined by Nick Ragnar. Nick, how's that meal prepping going now? It's going all right. I actually haven't done anything since we've been uh, recording, so we got to wrap this up, dude. Yeah, okay, cool. So so we teased it before the commercial break, all right? What did yeah. Impact Wrestling do this week? I don't know. Tell me, dude, because I'm, I'm curious. I don't watch Impact Wrestling. Okay, cool. They just moved their offices to Canada. Now, officially, they are a Canadian wrestling company. Is that right? Yeah. Well, of course, like Impact and Anthem is based in Canada. So moving the offices to Canada were going to happen sooner or later. And I think it was part of the whole cleaning the house, getting Jared out, that it just made sense for them now to actually move up to Canada. Sure. Yeah. So I wonder, like... Moving to Canada, Canada doesn't really necessarily have like a national touring brand, is it? Could you actually see Impact doing more shows on the road up in Canada? Maybe. I guess that'd be that'd be a good spot just because it's such a hotbed for wrestling. The one thing that I worry about when it comes to Impact Wrestling is that I don't watch it, but uh, you ask people that watch Impact Wrestling and they say that it's it's hot garbage right now. It's awful. The, yeah. the storylines are awful. The wrestling's not even. You know, one thing that Impact used to hang its hat on was that. Uh, while its storylines may not have been great, it always had great content, great wrestling action. And I'd say that from what I'm hearing from people that are watching it say that both are pretty bad right now, both the wrestling content and the uh, storylines. So um, until they fix that, I don't know. They could move their offices to fucking, uh, you know, India where they have 3.10 billion people. It doesn't fucking matter. It's not going to make a difference unless they get their shit straight. Yeah, maybe their shit being, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe not using Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> like let's just let's just come yeah. on man like i heard the guy got blown up cutting his promo like he took off his shirt and he was blown up really yeah that's not good no it's not man cocaine's a hell yeah, of a drug well, maybe don't do it i think you know and i think it's exciting and i think it's a good idea you know um all kidding aside i do think that moving to canada you know, my, like i said we know canada is a hotbed for wrestling and having like a nice big official promotion there um, that at one point was kind of a competitor with WWE is probably good for them and uh, probably gives them a little bit more. Um, you know, we, we talked about this before, right? Uh, the big thing with Impact, the big thing with Anthem is that they have to stop competing with WWE and maybe find themselves a niche audience, kind of similar to what we've seen from ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling, who've been both very successful in what they're doing. And maybe this is their opportunity to kind of tackle that Canadian audience and uh, grow to something really cool and really big. But like I said, they just got to get their shit figured out, man, because their TV's garbage. I think sooner or later they will. You know, one of the things they've been doing is they Global Force, Anthem, all that stuff. They've been, they've been very good about partnering with other companies. Um, I know they've been showcasing some of the pro wrestling Noah talent there, some of the Crash, Lucha Libre talent as well. So they're kind of getting an influx of everything that's kind of Kind of, kind of nice that you don't see elsewhere in professional sure. wrestling. So I don't know. Maybe a lot of American wrestlers now have to get passports and uh, work visas. You know, so that's be gonna interesting. be interesting as well. All right, cool. So Nick, uh, man, I got really hot about this earlier in the week. I'm yeah. really excited to hear. 
Man, what it was. Okay, so so of course, you know, big title change on SmackDown on Tuesday, right? It's taped in the UK, so like the results are coming in around like three o'clock, right? Yeah. Everyone and their mother is on social media these days, right? So when yeah. WWE.com actually leaked it, they were the ones that actually leaked that hate tonight on SmackDown. AJ Styles becomes the new WWE Heavyweight Champion. And then all of a sudden, it became like, holy fucking shit. Everyone and their mom had to spoil it, quote-unquote, on the social medias. Now, Nick, I got to ask you. Like, man, okay. like, I honestly, I don't give a shit about spoilers. You know, I really don't. And yeah. tell you the truth, I don't think anyone else really kind of cared about it because – SmackDown had its highest rating in three fucking years because they posted the spoiler saying AJ Styles wins the title. And people were like, yeah. fuck yeah, man. And they tuned in to watch it. Yeah. They tuned I, in to fucking watch it while there was people sitting behind their fucking keyboards complaining about spoilers because, oh, my God, I couldn't enjoy the moment live. I'm not going to watch it. Fuck you, you fucking pile of shit, man. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? It's you 2017. Know yeah. You know what I always do when it comes to pro wrestling anytime? You know, I am a con- I'm a Redditor, dude. Yeah. I'm constantly on R Squared Circle, which is the um the the pro wrestling subreddit that covers everything from WWE, New Japan, ROH, you name it. Yeah. All the latest news is posted on there. It's a great source to uh kind of stay up to date on uh things happening in wrestling, which is why I'm kind of surprised I didn't know about the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn thing until now, but uh, now I'm seeing that there is an article um and actually a couple of um um uh, audio clips from Meltzer on the situation. So I'll be listening yeah. to that here shortly, but, but anyways, um, but yeah, that's why, you know, I, I'm constantly on that. And I saw the same thing. I saw AJ styles, you know, I don't, I don't religiously watch SmackDown or raw and I saw, Oh, AJ styles wins the belt. I was like, Oh dude, fucking sweet. So what did I do? I went right to the fucking match and I watched it. Yeah. And, uh, I wasn't sitting there fucking complaining like a total prick. I wouldn't have watched it anyways. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, you know, the kind of part of the problem here is that people are just so self-entitled. And we talk about this all the time because we yeah. like talking about how people like to bitch about things that don't matter. Um, I think people are just so self-entitled. And I think a lot of people that are probably complaining about it probably wouldn't watch fucking SmackDown anyways. I mean, let's be real. They probably wouldn't. Nobody does. Uh, a lot of these keyboard fucking, you know, captains on the keyboard or whatever the fuck you want to call them don't watch SmackDown. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think it's just, again, another reason for them to complain about WWE's product and how much they hate it. And, uh, you know, they can go fuck themselves. It's like they, they finally got what – it's like a lot of it's like you finally get what you wanted, you know. You're like, oh, man, I'm sick of Jinder Mahal. I'm sick of this guy as a champion, you know. And all of a sudden you get the internet darling as champion. And you would think, like, oh, my God, like, this is a great moment. Let's watch it. Let's tune in. Let's show the WWE exactly what we think about this. Because our guy, AJ Styles, wins the belt. Let's spike that rating. You know what you do instead? Uh, I'm not going to watch it because it gets spoiled. Like, dude, how counterproductive is that? How counterproductive? It's like, <laughs> you know, you know. here's the thing. SmackDown for years was fucking taped. For fucking yeah. years, man. You know what I used to do? This is what I used to do, Nick. I knew SmackDown was taping on Tuesdays, right? And it would yeah. air like a Thursday or a Friday. Like, I would literally read the spoilers. And so would this, I. I'd be like, okay, cool. I have to make sure I record this episode because otherwise I'm going to miss this match because I'm not going to be at home when this is on. You know, because I worked a second shift job. So it was really kind of nice to actually have 
an ability to be like, man, I really need to watch that match. It's like the Eddie Guerrero Edge no disqualification match that was on SmackDown. Like that that match is one of my favorite matches of all time. Like I would never yeah. been able to watch that match unless I didn't unless I had the spoiler. You know? Because I had the spoiler, I was able to set a VCR because back then we had VCRs, Nick. I know. Yeah. It's like, what are you gonna do? I, and I think, you I, recorded I, yeah. it. And that's what you did. And like I never felt like I was cheated having like knowing the wins or a loss on that because it's tape television, it's canned, it's it's a predetermined sport. Like I understand that some people like to have the sanctity of finishes, you know, but for fuck's sakes, dude, it's about everything that leads up to the finish that makes a fucking match. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. The same people also that are complaining about having the finish spoiled uh-huh. are the same people that probably argue about 95% of the finishes and how they don't like them as it is, regardless if they watch it or they don't watch it. I mean, these people just complain about everything. They complain about everything. They complain about if the finish is ruined. They complain about if it's a finish they don't like. They complain about, uh, you know, they, they, they literally just, they don't like anything. So, you know, while uh, it, it's really annoying to see and uh, people are fucking idiots, you know, I think it's just something that we'll always see in wrestling and it's always going to be fun to talk about on podcasts because, Hey, talking about really stupid people never gets old. It's nope. always kind of fun because it makes you feel better about yourself. It definitely does because these are the same people who will ruin what happens at a set of NXT tapings. <laughs> That's exactly. They'd be like, oh, shit, my God, Pete Dunne. Woo! And then we don't see Pete Dunne on NXT television for another four weeks. Yeah, you know? it's the same thing. Same oh, yeah, they're, thing. They're, the, they're, the, they're the guys that are like, oh, my gosh, uh, uh, Okada was on NXT this week. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Uh, and then they all jerk each other off because that's just kind of what those kind of people do. But Yeah. yeah. So it becomes one of those things, though. It's like, you and me, we have legit sports fan backgrounds. And, like, we can't watch every game fucking live, you know? Oh. So that's that's why SportsCenter is great because we can catch up on stuff, you know? Right. We, we, we get spoilers all the time with that. But we don't yeah. treat them as spoilers because, guess what? It's supposedly a le- legit sport. It's a legit sport events while wrestling is predetermined and scripted. And the second something is scripted, it becomes a spoiler when something ends. You know, it's just like, man, just shut the fuck up. I don't give yep. a shit. You know what probably happens at the end of Game of Thrones? I'm going to spoil it for you right now. What? Next season, more sex, more dragons, more deaths. That's it. I spoiled <laughs> Game of Thrones for everyone. I apologize right now. God, you're such a fucking asshole. Yeah. You're so heel. You know, you know, what, you know what happens at the end of Game of Cards? Or House of Cards? What? Kevin Spacey has sex with kids? Basically, that's probably what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's Honestly, I think yeah. I honestly read that that's what they're planning on doing. Yeah, I, 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 think I, I heard read they're that. actually basically kind of like they're phasing him out completely out of the show. And they're going to bury the character very much like real life. And it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But you know what? Here's one of the crazy things, though, that actually also popped up. On the feeds today, Nick. Now, I don't know if you knew this one, but 20 years ago to the date, the Montreal Screwjob happened. Ooh. All right. That's interesting. That is interesting. So let's think about it, right? 20 years from the Montreal Screwjob, and we're still talking about it. Quite possibly, in many ways, one of the most famous wrestling finishes of all time because you don't know if it whether it was worked or shoot. Right. But it's also become one of the most copied wrestling finishes in history over the last 20 years. 
Has it really? Yeah. Like, how many times do we always have a screwjob finish now? I guess, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, it seems like at least three to four times a year, especially in WWE programming, we have a screwjob finish. Yeah, I guess that's kind of, yeah. I mean, and, and why is that, Jesse? Well, it's because it got a lot of people talking. It got a lot of eyes on the product, mm-hmm. and it's still being talked about 20 years later. Yeah, basically. Was it good or bad for wrestling? At the time? In yeah, I think well, overall. In, in, like, hindsight, leading into today. I think it was great for wrestling. Now, did it? Well, I don't know. Would would it would not doing the Montreal screw job uh have stopped Goldberg from kicking Bret Hart in the face and giving him a stroke? I don't know. <laughs> Depends. If you argue no, yes it would have, not. then yeah. Then yeah, it would it was bad for wrestling. But on all their senses, no, I think it was good for wrestling. Um I think it's unfortunate if it's the case, but uh you know, like I mentioned, Bret Hart uh said that he didn't want to lose the belt there. He would have dropped it the following night on Raw, which you know, probably, uh, as we know, wrestling, a lot of times it's ego-driven. Mm-hmm. And to basically have somebody that's leaving your your show to say, no, I'm not doing it now, I'll do it the next night, when you want to do it that night, you're going to find every way possible to make sure it happens your way, regardless if it's uh, a smart decision or not. Because, hey, man, I've got egos in this, brother, and uh, I want my shit to happen the way I want it to happen, so we're doing it this way. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I think... Like I said, I think overall for wrestling, it was good because we're still talking about it today. It was something that a lot of people, nobody had seen at that time. Um, And, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, like you mentioned, has been replicated a lot, including uh, with Livewire. It happened to him once. uh, And that was very highly talked about when it happened. It was hilarious, too. Yeah, we actually did spend quite a bit of time on the podcast. video of it. There is a video of it. And uh, we spent a lot of time (laughs) on the podcast actually talking about it as well. Um, yeah. One of the weird things, though, about it that it always seems to be kind of like lost in the mist is the second that the screw job kind of happened, it really kind of broke down the fourth wall when it comes to both the on-air product oh. and the backstage product. And you almost got to wonder if a little bit of that kind of hinders the fans' expectations of the product because, to tell you the truth, sometimes the backstage dirt is definitely a lot more entertaining than the product that's actually being presented on TV. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I don't that's know. True. So, 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 Nick, just like between you and me, you think that was a work or a shoot? Man, I'm going to sound like an idiot. I think it was a shoot. You think it was I really a shoot? Do. I do. Man. I really do. I believe it. Yeah. Man. Still if, real to me. If it was a Why? work. Why? Do, do you think it's a work? You know, if it was a work, it's probably the greatest work of all time. What do you think it was? Oh. You. you you, I think they worked themselves into a shoot. So it started as a work, and then it turned into a shoot. Yes. Oh, wait, what did I say? Did I say it was a work? No, you said it was a shoot. Yeah, it was a shoot. Yeah. yeah that's what I meant. It, it, it's just basically like the old adage. They worked themselves into a shoot, you know? In what way? How did they do that? How did they work themselves into that sort of a shoot? Okay, well, okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you have, like, so many eagles, right? You never heard of Bret Hart having, like, I don't know, an issue with losing to anyone. You know, it always seemed like one of those things, you know, like when he had a job, he would job, you know, especially if it yeah. meant like the betterment of the company. He always did that. It was one of yeah. the things he did. Michaels, on the other hand, was one of those guys where, you know, fuck, the dude lost his smiler earlier in the year, so he didn't have to lose a bout. That's the story. And he's like, you know, and it's one of those things, too, where it's like, okay, 
You knew fucking Hart was leaving for how long before this happened? Yeah, it's almost like how would this stuff not have gotten figured out beforehand? But at the same yeah, time, no for shit. me then, wasn't this, this was more, like I said, I don't know if it was necessarily something with Hart. I think he just had his mindset on losing the belt the following that on Raw, and I think Vince took offense to that. And I think a lot of it was a call on Vince's end mm-hmm. to for ego purposes. But at the same time, though, like on Hart's end, it's like, where does it matter where you lose the belt? I don't know. Cause think I have about, no idea. Think about this, right? You lose the belt in Canada. And you lose it in nefarious ways. You're always still going to be a face there. You're always going to be a top guy. Yeah, you know, dude, I don't fucking know. People do yeah. stupid-ass shit in wrestling all the time. They, they I mean, do. maybe he was, you know, I don't know. I just wish I wish he never would have gotten a, had a stroke. That's my, that's my. I, I feel bad about yeah, that. Yeah, that's always kind of tough. But, you know, it's one of those things, hey, you get an opportunity, go back, watch the Montreal Screwjob on its 20th anniversary next year. It'll be actually legally able to drink. So that's going to be actually that's pretty crazy amazing. That's crazy thing about it. Yeah, no shit. Hey, really man, quick. We're old. Uh, wrestling news. I want to drop some news for anybody that's listening right now. Uh, mm-hmm. In case you were wondering, John Cena and Samoa Joe having their first singles action in uh, kind of in, in, I guess, big time in WWE happening at Madison Square Garden uh, in December. The December show at Madison Square Garden will have John Cena taking on Samoa Joe in the main event. December 26th, the day after Christmas. That's actually pretty big news there, Nick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Like, yeah, we haven't he... we haven't seen John Cena for a while, and it looks like he'll yeah. be making uh, at least a brief return to, um, yeah, the Garden uh, to take on Samoa Joe, a match that we had all kind of been penciling in for Mania, but, you know, who knows what will be happening if they're giving it away at, uh, at the Garden. Hey, that's all but, right, uh, yeah. man. Sometimes you give away matches at the Garden, and then you do them on pay-per-view afterwards, unless, you know, of course, you're doing uh, Hogan and Flair in the WWE, and then you never do it on pay-per-view because you're a fucking yeah. idiot. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, come on, that's man. Like, time. you can't tell me Hogan Flair, WrestleMania 8, or even oh, SummerSlam, I mean, or something how, like how that. How is that, that never a WrestleMania match? Yeah, how is that never? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But, you know, we did get it at Bash of the Beach. 94, and uh, I actually popped a rating then, and uh, yeah, the rest is history as well. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. Well, yeah. what else we got? We done? Um, I'm pretty sure we touched everything that we wanted to touch for the uh, pro wrestles. You know, hopefully we'll be back next week, man, because like Survivor Series and NXT Takeover are looking really solid, and I really want to pick your brain on these shows because. Man, I'm finally catching up with NXT TV. It's been good. I've been kind of following the Raw SmackDown invasion thing. It's been interesting. It's been interesting because it doesn't make any sense. You know, but... It's like, every, yeah, yeah, you listen to a lot of other guys that are really into the WWE product, and it's it's just weird because, you know, there's never really seemingly much talk of brand loyalty and guys banding together, and then all of a sudden these dudes are setting aside their differences for one for a couple of weeks out of the year just to uh, talk about how much they, they love their brand, which, you know, I, I think there actually is some brand loyalty. You know, you, you hear guys like AJ Styles and stuff like that doing interviews. They take pride in, in making SmackDown the the A show to to Raw, what, what what's typically known as Raw's A show. Um, but it, it's, it's a weird it's a weird way to, to write the story together because it's not something that's really highlighted throughout the year outside of Survivor Series. No, it really isn't. And, you know, like, 
And the only time you actually ever hear it, like you said, is when a guy actually says, oh, we want to make SmackDown the, the A show, the show that you got to watch. You know, it's just yep. the way it goes. Because I think anyone on, on Raw, they're just like, ah, we're on fucking Raw. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Three hours. <laughs> yeah. we, have, we have an extra fucking hour. You know, we have an extra and, fucking hour, and, and Vince is most likely calling the shots here more than he is in SmackDown. Yeah, you know, and we always have to go against, like, you know, Monday Night Football and stuff like that. We just don't give a fuck for 16 weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. All right. Well, I guess that's probably going to be it for Grapple Talk, dude, unless you got some last-minute love advice for us. Um, hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one, Nick. So I got to pick your brain on this one. This one's going to be a very Ooh, you nice. Got for me. All right, cool, 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 cool. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, went on that, like, the Tinder date, you know, with the gal a couple times, you know, and she did the whole, like, hey, don't be a stranger type of thing. So I decided not to be a stranger, but I also decided not to press the issue. Okay. So it's basically kind of like, you know, we we chat it up, like, once a week, you know, like, on a Friday, Sunday type of thing, like, hey, how's everything going, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, like, last week, like, I had had just, like, a a Match.com date. Went okay. But, it, like, there was no spark or sizzle to it, you know? Like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, man, it was fun talking back and forth on the phone, like, texting all that shit. But, like, when you met, you're just like, man, it just didn't click, you know? What are you going to do? And uh, then, yeah, like, that happens. Yeah, so then, you know, you, you start talking to the gal that you talked to before that. You know, that's just the way it goes. Like, everyone does that. It's just, like, human nature. For whatever apparent reason, it's like you backtrack one step, like, every time you take a step forward, no matter what. Right. And yeah. even even in relationships, sometimes it's like that until you decide to commit. So, anyhow, uh, you know, chatting up with the gal, and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, so how's uh, the dating thing going? I'm just, I just brought the fuck up. I, like, there was no ulterior motive to it. You know, I was, like, hoping that, hey, you know, she found a really good guy because she's a fucking great chick, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm saying that just, like, flat out. She's a She's an amazing young woman. She's going to go places, like, like honestly to God, like, a heart of gold, you know? Um, wow. And she's like, well, you know, it's just kind of weird. Like, I haven't – no one wants to be in a relationship. And I'm like, oh. I do. Yeah, well, hey, hey, you know, you just let a guy go. There it does, you know? But, yeah, you know, I didn't bring it up like that. I'm like, well, you know, sorry to hear, you know? It's like I went out on a date with this gal and stuff like that, and it didn't click, you know? And then we started talking back and forth. And it was weird because, like – Man, I don't subscribe to that Zodiac bullshit, you know? But, like, she but. brought it, but she brought it up. She's like, oh, you know, I just really need to meet a good cancer. And I'm like, fuck. That's me. Are you a cancer? I am. I am. So then I'm like, oh, shit, my sister's into this stuff. And I, I remember her telling me, she's like, oh, hey, you know, Jesse, you need to settle down with good Scorpio. And I'm just <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? So I'm like, hey, you know, like my sister tells me, you know, I got to settle down with good Scorpio. And she's like... I take it you're a cancer then. I'm like, yeah, July 1st. When's your birthday? She's like, November 13th. And I'm like, and then it fits on that fucking Zodiac bullshit. And I'm just like, well, that's fucked, number one. Because, like, it's just fucked. It's completely fucked because all it is is just, like, it is, like, pre like predisposed, you know, fucking, like, you, you set yourself in a mindset when you read that where it's kind of yep. like, you know, it's almost kind of like a subliminal fucking hypnotism, you know? just kind of yep. weird like that i don't know if you can actually subscribe to shit like that it's just i think people click and people don't it's just the way it goes that's how i yeah i kind of view it that way too so but you know we started talking like kind of back and forth a little bit more and she brought up this like thing she's like oh i'm really dreading new year's and i'm like why what, what's so bad about new year's she's like oh you know like the, the same thing you hear all the fucking time from a gal it's like oh you know i was hoping to be in a relationship during new year's and get that new year's kiss and stuff and i'm just like 
I just don't want to get in fucking another DUI. <laughs> you no, know, like, <laughs> like that's the big thing. You know, I'm like, you know, and so I'm like, hey, you know, like, New Year's Eve, I gotta be at a wedding. I gotta tape a wedding and stuff like that. Do you like? I will keep my plus one open if you like. You're not weddied out. You know, like, and yeah. she, and then she's like, sounds like a plan. And big old smiley face. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what? So, the f- you guys are going to a wedding together? I don't know. I don't know because like. You still got like a month and a half before this happens, and then you're like you're on the fence of whether or not you should really like ask her out on a lunch date, or ask her out like like on like another date between now and then. You know that's the weird thing. Man, what are you gonna do? I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm kind of leaning on like asking her on like a lunch date because I think lunch okay. dates have like you know less pressure than a dinner date. Lunch like, date, or, or like for coffee, maybe. Yeah, because like with that type of stuff, you know, there's going to be like an end point. With dinner, you right. don't really know when dinner's going to end, you know? Because like right. with a, like a lunch date or a coffee date or something like that, like you have a set time because you have to go back to work. So right. you know you have about like an hour or so. So there's so, not as much pressure, but you can still enjoy each other's company and see yes. is this going to work or is this not going to work. And then what you can yeah. do, Evan, is just like you know, like just communication. Number one, it's like just keep on talking. You know, stuff like that, you know? So it's very much like maybe the same routine, you know? Like Friday, hit her up, talk Friday afternoon. Hey, what you got going on this weekend? I got this going on. Cool, you know, have fun this weekend. Yeah, you too, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, chat it up on Sunday because that seems to be a good day to chat. For some apparent reason, like, Friday nights and Sunday nights with this gal have been very good nights to chat. So we chat on those nights, you know? And it's very much like, okay, well, if I'm going to – I don't really want to do this. You know, I, I, I really can't be too strong on it. I got to be, you know, like take it a day at a time, you know, don't rush the fucking bowl because I almost wonder if like, maybe I did like, like somewhere around that second date and leading into like the week after where I kind of like rushed something. I don't feel like I did, but if like I take a step back and I realize I, maybe I did, you know, (laughs) because you know, it's one of those things, man. It's fucking dating. It's fucked up. And I want to know yeah. what, how, you know, A.C. Riley's coffee date went out, you know? I know. But, me, too. I haven't talked to him about it. Yeah, I can only assume he got hit by a deer on the way there, too, you know? But that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> um, but, no, we'll kind of see how this goes. Because, like, at the same time, it's like, man, like, I, I went out to trivia last week, right? And yeah. I'm literally sandwiched between an ex-girl, like, two ex-girlfriends and a gal who kind of wants to get with me but got with, like, one of my friends during Halloween, you know? Yikes. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, man, this is really dumb. What am I doing with my life? And <laughs> and it's kind of weird because, like, we had trivia again, like, you know, this week, and we actually got second place, which was pretty good. And a lot nice. of it was off the backbone of my, like, fucking clutch shooting at the end, you know, but that's a different story. Like for what? Me. What were some of the questions? I'm curious. All right. So the last question was basically chronological order based on events with the theme of Buddy Holly. So it was like, hey, put these four things in order based on when they happened first to last, you know? So it was kind of like Don McLean's song, American Pie. The Buddy Holly movie, when did that come out? Uh, oh. Buddy Ryan, you know, Chicago Bears, what year did they win the Super yeah. Bowl? And uh, Lauren Holly, the actress, what year was she born? Oh, okay. And I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. And we had to like bet like the max amount of points. We ended up coming in second, you know, and cool stuff like that. So like, did you, did you know all those? Yeah. Or did you kind of have a guess a little bit? I, I at least knew like 75% of that. Okay. The only one I didn't know was the actress, but I figured like birthdays for trivia nine times out of 10 are always the one that goes first in chronological order because no one remembers when fucking people were born, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause I think like movies and stuff like that, you can kind of gauge like times. 
you know? So it's a little bit easier to gauge pop culture instead of, like, the the birthday of, like, someone that you've never heard of. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that kind of came out really well. But, you know, it was still kind of weird, too, because, like, one of the ex-girlfriends is on the tribute team, right? And she brought, like, her, her latest guy dude there, you know? And it, it's always kind of interesting, too, because, like, the, she kind of, like, throws him away. Like, left, 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 right. <laughs> gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> Which is fine, you know. It's like I'm not going to complain about how other people do their business, you know. Yeah. And it's like you know, some people do get sick of people's company rather quickly. It's just the way it goes. It happens sometimes. It does, and I wonder if like some of that maybe is like you get sick of company right away in a relationship because either you're spending way too much time with them, and you don't have time for yourself, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, if you have like a new best friend, you know. You guys aren't necessarily, like, hanging out, like, all the time together. But then, like, it just kind of grows. And all of a sudden, you, you realize, well, holy shit, they're, like, my fucking best friend. You know, like, yeah, that's what kind of happens. So I wonder if, like, relationships, like, hey, probably with you and Zarya, like, you guys weren't hanging out, like, every fucking minute and every fucking day when you guys started dating, you know? And then it just kind of progressed in that direction. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I wonder. But like, I, why, are you, why are you on a fucking... Trivia team with your ex-girlfriends. You know why? Because I'm a fucking idiot. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just had to make sure because yeah, I thought that was kind of weird. But hey, yeah. I mean, if it's, I mean, but honestly, mm-hmm. trivia is awesome and uh, it prevails most, if not all, bad relationships. So yeah, basically, I'm happy yeah. that you can still have fun. So like this week, it's like double dose of trivia because we got the the Marvel DC one over at the old crow. Ooh. Yeah, I feel pretty confident about that one. And of course, then we have like regular trivia on Wednesday nights. So. uh yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be one of those guys who always goes out to trivia, you know? Why not? Me Why? and Zar, they had office trivia a couple weeks ago at the Vogue, and we uh-huh. missed it. I'm this surprised you guys missed it because that's your show. Uh, Yeah, we – it was the day after Zari's sister's wedding, and I had I had too much to drink the day before. So uh. we just uh, – yeah, did not want to go out again. That's We're too old for that stuff. Yeah, yeah I don't blame you guys one bit. You know, that's uh... – it's a rough recovery period because I, I heard some stories about that wedding, actually, from um, Zari's sister's uh, husband, actually. So. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. Because well, we had to film a pack for Seven River Shopping, like, today over at A&S. So I'm just like, oh. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, so I just asked, and, like, I heard some of the stories. So. Nice. Yeah, it was well, pretty I, good stuff. Yeah. It would have been cool if you, you could have joined us, probably. I mean, well, I don't know. Nah, I don't know what I was up to. What day was that again? That was, uh, I don't know. It was a Saturday. Was it like Halloween Saturday? Oh, I think it was like the 24th or something like that. I probably had something going Second. on. I probably had something going on. I can't remember what. Yeah, you're just, you're a busy guy, so. I probably had nothing Yeah, going I know on. you did because I think you had, you had, I can't remember what it was though. You might have been at a wrestling show or something. It might have been a, the weekend of a wrestling, a wrestling gig. Could have been, could have been because it was like the week before Halloween, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I probably had something going on. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's okay. Again, yeah, you got stuff, stuff going on, man. If you want to start, yeah. if you want to get that chick, you got to make time for her. Cool. Well, if you want to make time for more Grapple Talk in your life, how can they do that, Nick? Hey, you can hit us up on Facebook, the Grapple Talk, otherwise on social media. 
the Twitters at the Grapple Talk. Uh, make sure to check out all the other shows as part of the Grapple Talk Network. There's a lot of them, and there's a lot of really good ones. Regular Guy Gaming, I know, has four episodes stockpiled. Some good interviews there. Um, I, I dish it up with RGG a little bit on one of the latest podcast episodes. Some good stuff there. Uh, Deach and Dash, I know I don't want to spill the beans, but I'm pretty sure an episode featuring Jason Jerry will be coming out oh, here. Oh, that one's going to be a classic one. You don't want to miss uh, that one. Yeah, and uh, the Ross Family Matters podcast has episode number four in the works as well. So lots of exciting things happening in the Grapple Talk Network. Lots of really good content. And the best part about it is it's all different wrestling content. So it's not a bunch of topical shows. It's not a bunch of interview shows. Everything's different. It's all good, and it's all on the Grapple Talk Network. So check us out on the social medias to stay up to date about everything that is the Grapple Talk. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and Podbean and all those other fun um, podcasting applications. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, hey, if you enjoy us, tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. You know, show your maybe show your friends. Maybe, I don't believe yeah. I believe in the show method. Yeah, maybe That's like just... maybe don't play us for your mom and dad. Like, yeah. you know, unless your mom and dad are pretty that. cool, you know, like or yeah. you're, for your mom and dad, then you know, you could probably do that as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. cool, Jess. Well, again, thanks everybody for joining us here on this episode of the Grapple Talk flagship. If you guys, uh, you know, find us on the social medias, let us know if there's anything you'd like us to touch on in particular. You know, sometimes we like just talking about wrestling topics in general, opposed to just the news and current events that are happening. So let us know what's going on. And Jesse, it was good talking to you, my friend. And uh, I'm about to go make some hardcore turkey in the microwave, my friend. Wow. You know, you could have been putting that turkey in the oven for the last yeah. hour and a half. And you're just like, I'm going to microwave that. No, I'm microwaving the shit out of that turkey. I gotta make the potatoes. Like I still gotta boil the potatoes up so I can mash them up. The potatoes, I, I make I make the mashed potatoes from scratch. So I've got a good hour of cooking still ahead of me, and uh, mm. the fiance is gonna be home any minute. So I'm probably in trouble, but that's okay. Hey, wrestling hey, over relationship. Like so I was talking to Jesse. You just talked to you talked to Jesse, and she's like, "Ah, oh, Jesse's okay. But he's a fucking douche canoe." No, actually, you're probably one of her favorites. Hopefully that made hopefully that makes your Thursday night because. Oh, uh, man. I can usually oh. name drop you and I get out of things pretty easily. So I'll just tell her that I'll tell her that I was talking on the phone with you and uh, you know we'll be good to go. All right, cool then. All right. Cool. So thanks for joining us here on Grapple Talk. Everybody support independent wrestling and as always, uh, stay classy. Hey everybody, it's me, Darren Corbin. I've always gotten the question, why do I not do my own podcast? Well I've branched out and I've tried to do wrestling reflections and the wrestlers were moving letter, plus my promos that I flood your feed with all the time. And the number one reason is, when it comes to podcasts, everyone can always find a way to hear myself talk, and there's numerous podcasts out there, but I want to give my endorsement to one very special one. And that'd be Grapple Talk, that covers a lot of the Midwest independent wrestling highlights. See, a lot of the local Midwest wrestlers are the spotlight of the Squared Circle hosts. And that would be Nick Ragnar, Jesse Von Ruden, and A.C. Riley. And every week on iTunes or Podbean, you can catch their podcast. So I just want to give them a shout-out. So if you're asking me why I don't do podcasts and you're maybe looking for my opinion, check them out for all your podcast needs and take a look and keep supporting independent wrestling in the Midwest.